Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Uh, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. This program is brought to you by the support of our Patreon listeners for the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, patreon.greatdetectives.net. This week, we're going to turn to one of the oldest uh, radio dramas uh, we've done in any form with Diamond Dramas. This series actually originally aired in uh, the 1920s. It was uh, produced by Sidney S. Fox. Uh, who owned the Miracle Diamonds Company. And uh, he wanted to get syndication rights to the series, which aired in 1926 and 1927. And so uh, he eventually ended up buying the radio studio. And he had those rights and did another syndication in 1934. Uh, And then he re-syndicated them, this time with two different diamond companies sponsoring the series. And then it went into nationwide syndication, and it was sponsored by two separate uh, jewelry companies, with the Davison and Litch uh, Jewelry Company and the Groon Watch Company um, being the uh, keys behind the uh, syndication. Uh, Diamond Dramas is a very interesting story. It focuses on the amazing stories which have sprung up around the world's most legendary diamonds. Many of these stories are stuff of how empires rise and fall, and even tales of great war. And such is our first example. With the yellow eye, and we don't have either its first air date or first syndication date, but its second syndication date was December the 2nd of 1935. It is late fall in the year of 1812. Napoleon, 
with his half-starved, exhausted troops, has just entered the city of Moscow. As the soldiers pass through the street below, Napoleon and Murat stand at the window of their new headquarters. Rising from the center of the city, a great citadel towers over the many gleaming roofs. It is the citadel of the Tsars, the Kremlin. Murat, if all goes well, we shall not return to France empty-handed. What do you mean, sir? I mean that I believe the Russian crown jewels are hidden within Moscow. Russian crown? The royal family fled in haste. They must have hidden the jewels somewhere within the city. But we could never find... Remember that little beggar woman who followed us in the street? I've sent for her. She might know something. Crown jewels of Russia. But is it not strange, sire, that the mayor and all the people of Moscow have fled? It's reported that on the road to Vladimir, thousands of their carts and household goods are retreating with the soldiers. There must be some reason. What matter? There's food and rest for our men here within the city. Another week on the plains and the men would have starved. Perhaps later, frozen. Moscow. It is a wonderful feat, sire. Mm, but the cost has been too great. Think, Mira. Thousands of my men died on the plain. Look down there. Some of them marching even without shoes. A tired, ragged, half-starved lot they are. And what have I to give them for their service? They expect no reward, Your Majesty. But they shall have one. I'll find some way. I can only discover the crown jewel. Close down the window and shut out that noise. Yes, sir. There. Hurrah. Did you ever hear of the Orloff diamond? Yes, sire. That diamond is among the Russian crown jewels. See, it is an eye-shaped yellow diamond, almost priceless. Think of it. I could more than pay my soldiers. Oh, your majesty. Take the crown jewels. Sell them as you like. But do not touch the Orloff diamond. Why not? Probably worth all the rest of the jewels put together. It is evil, sire, and will bring only bad luck. Ah, the beggar will only tell me. Ah, yeah, yeah, no has brought her. Get in here, I tell you. Let me alone. Quiet. Leave the old woman. She fights like a sheik. my question. You speak the truth, you may go. If oh, not... Oh, have mercy, mercy! What could you want of the poor old beggar of the street? Before the royal family fled the city, they hid the crown jewels of Russia. Where are they? Ah, you want... I don't know. I don't know. Let me go. Where are the jewels? Either you tell or your life goes. Oh, mercy, mercy. Take pity on a poor old beggar woman. What good would it do to kill one like me? What good? When my men are starving, have a long march ahead. I need money, clothes for the men. What good? What good is your life against the thousands of my men? Where are the jewels? I 
Get out of the truth! in the Kremlin. What room? Uh, you wouldn't dare. In what you room would. is this casket? Uh, at the end of the long stair, on the left as you enter, there the holy bodies of the priests are buried too. You may go, but if you have not told the truth... Uh, but I have. I have. Infidel, you dare not steal them. The curse of heaven would fall. You're dead. Get out! Infidel, you will pay. In the Kremlin, Savu. Yes, sir. Find me six trusted men of the Imperial staff. Meet us at the great door of the Kremlin in half an hour. Well, move, sir. Why do you stare? Your pardon, sir. Did you say the Kremlin? You heard. In half an hour. It will be dusk by then. Very well, Surely your majesty would not dare to desecrate a church. I intend, Murat, to pay my men what they deserve. But your majesty, a church. We're in a strange city, and the soldiers are superstitious. They would fear some evil. Ah. Oh, and your majesty, pardon, but I warn you, the all-off diamond is supposed always to bring bad luck. Don't. <laughs> it is Murat who is superstitious. Not the soldiers. Oh, believe me, sire, that diamond is evil. Listen, years ago, Count Olaf gave it to Catherine the Great. Surely, surely you have heard in what miserable insanity the Count died. The diamond, the diamond has brought nothing but bad luck. And we have need of only good luck. Oh, my friend, do not touch it. Besides, besides, sire, lies now in a sacred place. France needs money. We have yet to rebuild the navy. And you say do not touch it? The men are in tatters. My men who followed so bravely across the plain. Many left their bones to bleach. Yet you say do not touch the crown jewels of Russia? Perhaps the old woman was lying. Beggar woman never lies when she trembles and blubbers for her life. You might be wrong, but we shall see. Sire, I... Come, it's almost time. Oh, I beg you, sire, do not desecrate a church. I've heard enough. Do you come or stay? I'll come. Ah, mon Dieu. My poor soldiers have found rest at last. Look how weary they are. Soon all will be fed and fast asleep. Why do you suppose, sire, that all the people fled and left Moscow so deserted? You're as nervous as an old woman, Murat. Oh, but I don't like this city. With its crooked streets, arches, and painted roofs. Ah. There's the boo now, waiting with his men. Oh, I, I'll be glad to leave this place. The boo? Yes, sire. Here's Marchenet, Eugene, Taru, Mortier. The others thought it unwise, sir. Eh? Unwise? Ah, we shall see. 
Vega said the jewels lie at the end of a long winding stair on the left. You will follow me. Look. Three priests at the end of the corridor. Now they're gone. <laughs> Sculled away like rats. I don't like their looks. Jin, Daru, guard the door. See that no one enters. Now come. Up this stair. Oh, it's gloomy here. Oh, what a long winding stair. Such strange doors and walls. And the middle of the stars. Queer place. It makes one feel strange. Now, oh, Your Majesty, if we find the jewels, do not touch the yellow diamond. Here, this must be the door. Open it. Oh, I don't like this. No good will come of it. Oh, it's too dark to see it. Oh, what a musty smelling place. Marshal Ney, light the torch. Look out, look out, cobwebs. Beggar said that they buried their priests and cardinals here. Ah, oh, well, they are the caskets. Must be that big one over there on that slab. We'll open that one. Hey, Devu, open the casket. I warn you, sire. Oh, you Russian crown jewels! Look, look that eye-shaped glittering stone in the scepter. That's the diamond. Oh, oh, Your Majesty, do not touch it. So this is the Orloff diamond. Amura, think of the grief and bloodshed caused by this jewel. It has been a symbol of power and sovereignty, but never before has it meant so much to a nation. The Orloff diamond, priceless now, but even more priceless when it has clothed and fed an army. Look at it. The salvation of an empire. Fire. Here. Fire. Put it in this bag. Take them all. What's that noise? Garou! I left you to guard. Fire. The city is in flames. The soldiers are being driven from their quarters. They're frantic. The city on fire? A few Russians were left hidden in the city. They've set fire to the buildings. The soldiers have heard of the theft of the jewels in the church, and they cry out against you, sire. You must leave. Ah, so that is why all the people fled. I did not get. There's no time to waste, fire. The soldiers are clamoring outside the door. So we must leave Moscow. Come. Come. Wait. Wait. Look through the window. The city is in flames. Oh, see what a ghastly red glow lights the sky. It's the diamond. The evil diamond. Before we leave, listen. Those desperate men outside depend on you. You're driven out on the plains. There's almost certain defeat. But the faith and courage of the army rests with you. Do not fail them. Eugene and Nate. All in with your division, straight back on the Petersburg Road. Yes, sir. Abu, you upon the Smolensk route. Yes, sir. I will go meanwhile to Petrovsky. Come, let us go. Oh, mon dieu, this means our ruin. Oh, again, again it is the curse of the diamond. The yellow diamond. Open the door.
Welcome back. Well, the diamond dramas uh, weren't all about kings and emperors. Sometimes the stories were about a different uh, class of people. People who liked the prestige of Napoleon, whose lives were still impacted through their efforts to obtain one of the world's great diamonds. Here with a second air date of November 4th of 1935 is the Highwayman's Diamond. Perhaps the strangest incident in the history of the Hope Diamond occurred about the year 1630. Gilderoy, that bold and daring Scottish highwayman, has just returned to Scotland from France, and he wears an unusually large and beautiful diamond ring. Sir Percy MacDougall has learned of the ring and how Gilderoy obtained it. He knows that soon Gilderoy will come to his sweetheart, Peg Cunningham, who lives just across the moor. Because he has sworn to capture Gilderoy, Sir Percy visits Peg in an effort to make her betray her lover. Listen. I tell you, Peg, a thousand pounds are offered for his capture. And if you'll help me, I'll give you half. What Gilderoy done for me that I should want to see him swinging on the gallows? By heaven, he's committed a thousand crimes right here in Scotland. You're no forgetting, are you, Peg, how he waylaid the Laird of Session? Mayhap he did and mayhap he didn't. But the Laird of Session only got what he was deserving. Aye, and someday they'll catch Gilderoy. Then where will you be? But now, if you listen to me, there's a thousand pound reward. You'll never get it, Sir Percy, if you're expecting me to help you. Wait, Peg. It is said that he's wearing a diamond ring given to him by a beautiful lady in France. I'll have no more of your talk. Roy is true to me wherever he goes. And I heard it from authority that Gilderoy loves this French lady. Tis a lie, a monstrous lie. Well, you can find out what for yourself when he comes. But most likely, he'll tell you a lie. Listen, Peg. He'll tell you that he stole the ring from Cardinal Richelieu in France. And if he tells you that, you'll know it's a lie. No, Roy will not lie to Peg. I will not believe he'll be false to me. Well, if you happen to change your mind, Peg, about my offer, come to see me. I'll not change my mind. <laughs> but you may when you hear what he says about the diamond and the Cardinal Richelieu. Get out of my house. I want no more of your talk. Listen... Tis Gilderoy, you're coming now. Peg, Peg, tell me how to get out of here. He'll kill me. What'll I do? Sir Percy, you'll never get the reward if you scare him as that. 
You can go back the back way, through that door over there. Goodbye, dear little Percy. You better get along home or you'll be safe in your bed. There's a man out here who would like to see Peg Come in, Roy. Welcome back to Scotland. Peggy, Peggy, lass, that is good to come back. Roy, Roy, I thought you would never come. You've been gone so long. I'm a bunny lass, and you wanted me back. You wanted your old scoundrel back. <laughs> you know, even if you're not worth the salt you eat, I'm glad to have you back. <laughs> Peg, you're now looking on the boldest and strongest man in all Scotland. <laughs> Ah, oh, Roy, Roy. <laughs> Why, if you'd seen me in France, you'd thought me the handsomest prince or duke in the kingdom. <laughs> and you should have seen how I tricked the duke. Uh, the duke. Oh, I never could say the name. But I fought with my sword a hundred times, and a hundred times I won. <laughs> and such boasting I've not heard in Scotland since you left. Boasting, you say? Why, I tell you, Peg, I've got hidden away more gold and silver plate than you ever dreamed of. Ah, lassie, here I come back a telling of my deed, and you say I'm boasting. But wait, Peg. Wait till you hear how I duped the cardinal and the king. <laughs> oh, why, Lassie, what's the trouble in you? You're wearing a ring, Gilderoy. A diamond ring. Ah, is what I was going to tell you about. I cannot for your tale. Where did you get the ring? Ah, Peg, it was the boldest trick I ever did in my life. You need not tell me a tale about Cardinal Richelieu. Well, Peg, have you heard it then? Who told you? You had better not tease me, Roy. Oh, you should have seen it, Peg. There sat the king and the whole court watching me take the cardinal's first. And when I put my finger on my lips, the king thought it all a joke. <laughs> Roy, where did you get the diamond? Oh, but that's what I'm telling, lad. And when the cardinal missed his purse, everybody, even the king, laughed outright. Until the king couldn't find his own purse, neither. <laughs> then I thought it was time to come back to Scotland. You're right. You cannot tell lies to Peg Cunningham. Where did you get the diamond? That's exactly what I'm telling you, Peg. I stole the cardinal's purse, and when I knew it was safe, I opened it. There was the diamond. To the lie, you tell. Someone gave you the ring, and you better tell me true. Ah, Peg, here I'd almost forgotten how you could get upset and jealous like. You better <laughs> tell me true, but I've heard all about it. Well, what did you hear? And I said it wasn't true. But now, now when you tell me a tale like oh, that... Oh, Peggy, lass. Mayhap you think a beautiful lady gave it to oh, then it's true. A lady in France. A beautiful lady. Not like Peg, but a fine lady. <laughs> And you laugh because you love her. She has given you the ring to wear. Oh, Peg, you don't know. So you think it's fun to be forced to take it to love. I wouldn't believe. I said it was not true. But you learn. You cannot treat Pug Cunningham like that. Peggy, lass, now you stop it. I've warned you before. Your jealousy is going to cause you trouble. And it makes you unhappy. Now listen. I'm going out and take care of my horse. When I come back, I want to find you smiling again. I won't be gone very long. It's true. She gave him the ring. And he told me a lie. That's what Sir Percy said he would tell. Oh, I cannot treat Peg like that. I'll show him. He'll never be false to Peg again. Never again. I'll show this man. I thought she'd changed your mind when he told you his lies. I didn't come to talk, Sir Percy. Tell me what you want me to do. Ah, listen. Tomorrow night, have Gilderoy come to your house. And we'll surprise him there. Fifty or more on us. Fifty soldiers? Aye. And we'll tack him to jail and mayhap he'll... Ah, well. <laughs> Who knows? You'll take him to jail and... Oh, no, no. I... I'll change my mind again. I cannot do it. I cannot do it, Sir Percy. Ah, oh, Peg. You let him wear that ring before your very eyes. When every time he looks at it, he's thinking of the beautiful lady waiting for him in France. No, no, no. Mayhap he told his French lover about his clumsy Scottish girl, and they laughed at you. 
Yes. Yes, I'll, I'll do it. Ah, good. Then will you have him at your house tomorrow night? Yes. You'll leave the doors unlocked? Yes, yes, I will. And if he unbuckles his sword or his guns, you'll hide them when he's no looking? Will you do that too? Yes. But wait. Supposing he refuses to come to your house. Sir Percy, if I ask the writer to come, he'll be there. Now I must go. Ah, well, goodbye, Peg. And when the moon rises over the moor, we'll be ready. Ready to attack the rogue. <laughs> Why are you so glum tonight, Peg? Here I've brought you presents, pillar and fine lace back from France. And there you sit a pouting and staring in the fire. Tis nothing. Are you sure now there's nothing wrong? Tell me, lass, what makes you so sad? Are you planning to go back to France very soon now? I'm... Well, <laughs> I'm staying right here in Scotland. But perhaps you'll grow lonesome for France. Lonesome for France? <laughs> Listen, Peggy. Today I rouse me out of band of fearless outlaws. And I'm going to ride the highways from Perth to Aberdeen. But... I thought you liked France. All the fine gentlemen and ladies. <laughs> Peg, you cannot forget the ladies. Ah, Peg, it is not France I'm lonesome for, but Scotland. I want to ride again under the Scottish moon and over the Scottish Highlands. Then I can always come back to my Peg. Are you sure you would always come back to Peg? Just as sure as I am that the moon will soon rise over the moor. Ah, see, Peg, through the window. Well, lass, you're trembling and pale. It won't be long now when the moon will rise. Roy, Roy, I, I got to tell you something. What, what is it, Peg? I've loved you and cared for you when you were sick. And you know that when there was danger, it was always Peg who was ready and willing to help. Then you went away and left me alone. But I love you still and was faithful as it waited for you to come back to Scotland. Why, Peg, what's this that you're now, telling me? Now, would I believe the tales I heard about your loving a beautiful lady in France? But, but when you come back wearing the diamond ring that belonged to the lady... And are telling me lies about who you got it, then, then I couldn't help but believe you played me false. Well, lassie, if it's the ring that's upsetting you, here, I'll give it to you. You'll, you'll give me the ring of the lady you love? No, no, I don't want it. Here, let me put it on. Ah, but look, it is a man's ring and too big for your little finger. A man's ring? Roy, it is really a man's ring? Of course, Peg. It was in the purse of the cardinal. Oh, oh I don't know what to believe. Look, the moon's are coming up. Oh, Roy, tell me, tell me, it was a lie you told. Believe me, lass, I wouldn't tell you lies. You know that. Say you believe me. Oh, already the moon is just coming up over the moor. Oh, it's too late, too late to believe. What do you mean, Peg? What have you done? The horse is surrounded by now, and there'll be a coming in. Peggy, Peggy, what have you done? Roy, do not stand and stare at me like that. Oh, even if you are full, they cannot see your cut. Quick, jump through the window. You might get away. There's still time. Peggy, what's happening? What do you mean? Do not ask me questions. Hurry, hurry, Roy. Perhaps you can get away if you jump. Go on. Why don't you move? Why do you stand there and stare at me? Oh, now it's too late to jump. You'll have to fight, Roy. I'll get your sword. I'll get it for you. Oh, hey, where you are, Pig Cunningham. Hey, where you are. Don't move. Ah, you're trapped, you Roy. At last we've got you. Oh, it's too late. I wouldn't have believed you could do this, Pig. It was the ring. You were false to me. You'd go back to France. So you betrayed me then. But it was a lie you told about the cardinal. It was no lie, Pig. Ask Sir Percy. Aye, <laughs> Peg, he's right. Gilroy told you the truth. Now give me the ring. I'm going to send it back to Cardinal Richelieu. The ring? Then it was you, Sir Percy, who lied. You made me believe. You you told me lies. Hang him up, lad. There's back no chances with Gilroy. Oh, no, no. Oh, 
Oh, Roy, Roy, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Ah, lassie. It's hard to believe. No, no, no. It was Sir Percy who told me, Roy. Roy, look at me. Now, if you're all ready, let's go. Roy, I love you. I love you, Roy. Look at me, Roy, please. Peggy, Peggy, lassie. I cannot take it again. I didn't know what I was doing. Don't you worry, lassie. I'll be coming back. There's not a jail in all Scotland that can hold me. Not a one. You know that, Peggy. Get along there. Let go of him, Peggy. We got no time to waste. No, no, no. I can't see you got to jail. I tell you, I'll come back. So be listening for my song. I'll come back <laughs> again to you, Peggy. Peggy. Hurry up. Goodbye, lassie. Remember, it won't be long. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye, Roy. But Gilderoy never came back to his place. And after his death, the diamond ring was sent back to France. The famous diamond that seemed to carry bad luck wherever it went. Welcome back. Well, an interesting story. Uh, some fair uh, bit of uh, dialect, though not bad for 1926 and 27. Well, now we do turn to listener comments and feedback. And we have a couple of uh, feedbacks on our first episode. Uh, Debbie says, uh, thank you, Adam, for sharing. I always like the whistler. The stories uh, always end with a twist. And uh, Tina says, uh, the Whistler is one of uh, my all-time faves. Thanks so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed the uh, Chicago version of the Whistler. And we look forward to hearing you, from you about the show and about what types of uh, programs you might want to hear on uh, future installments of The Amazing World of Radio. So uh, do send an email, box13 at greatdetectives.net. In the meantime, join us back next week where we'll visit the recently uh, departed 
Janet Waldo's most famous radio role. In the meantime, from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.